Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. Hi, this is Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. It's the 14th September, 2022. Good morning. We are live here. If you care to join us, 888-663-6386. Email Patrick at one radio network.com it's a wednesday morning uh, farmers market day here in dripping springs texas just got just got back um, they changed their hours from the afternoon because it's so hot here to the mornings so we we uh, we always uh, run over about 8 30 and uh, get a couple things and then uh, and then come back and do the show on wednesdays and we made it back in time and hmm. I forgot to comb my hair. Oh, well, I always forget to comb my hair, so, so, that's, so that's great. I always forget to comb my hair. But I got some eggs, uh, some really nice uh, yard eggs, and um, we all, we all got some kidney fat, kidney fat uh, over at the market today, and uh, we're learning more and more on this uh, meat-based diet, also called carnivore, that I've been on for only 100 days, so I'm a newbie. Um that the fat is really important. I think we're just fativores, not sure. But we're going to talk about that this morning. And also after our first guest, who is Joey Schwartz, he's in Los Angeles. And um, then we're going to mm, muse about the spiritual aspects of eating meat. And there's some really curious things, I think, to talk about. It's one of the few pushback mm, memes that I get in emails and mm, in emails about it's just not really spiritual to kill animals. So we're going to talk about that. But there's a lot more to it, as you'll hear, if you stick around, than just the idea of the animal thing. That's just part of it. You know, it's just part of it. And we're going to dig into it after we talk with, with uh, Joey Schwartz. Now, Mr. Schwartz, is in, as I said, is in Los Angeles. And let me see. Uh, let me click one thing over here. He has a, a YouTube channel, and he talks about carnivore, believe it or not. And uh, he's going to be going to UCLA beginning tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, he's only been here on this planet 18 years, so he's a youngin. And uh, I don't know how I found him. I think somebody sent me a video. Somebody in Japan, believe it or not, sent me a video. He said, you should listen to this young fellow. He's a pretty smart guy. And I did, and I thought he was. And I said, well, let's just have him on the air and see what he's all about, because we just love, love talking to people. Mr. Schwartz, Joey Schwartz, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, sure. Wow, it's 8 o'clock in the morning there in Los Angeles. Do people get up early there? Um, Not really, but it, uh, <laughs> I, I tend to. I like to. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a morning person. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what's up with you in UCLA uh, tomorrow? What are you going to study there? Um, still trying to figure that out. Something in the sciences, psychobio, uh, biochemistry, physiology, something in that domain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How'd you spend your summer? Uh, we actually went to Europe. I went with my friends for a few weeks. Wow. Really, really fun trip. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I did a lot of work in the summer, just like a lot of researching, learning, going to uh, libraries with my computer and just spending the day there trying to understand this because I have uh, you know, as we're going to talk about, I um, I got very, very interested in the carnivore concept, and you know, spent a lot of time learning more about it. And how long you've been a carnivore type 
person? Um, so a year ago, I started eating only meat and fruit, and then I did that for six months. And then in the most recent six months, I've been strict carnivore. So it's been about a year animal based, and then it wasn't until six months ago that I uh, cut out all plants and did full carnivore. Wow! Wow! Good for you. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. So, how was it going to Europe with friends? eating only meat how, how did you manage that it actually was not difficult uh, at all because in europe they're all so meat-based i mean we were in prague where it was super easy to get like a whole duck on like it was, it was one of their biggest dishes so i would just get a whole duck for like 12 dollars or something <laughs> and then out and then there was just tons of steaks that were relatively cheap pork was really big when we went to budapest um, just tons of the pork and it's all raised so well like the, the animals are treated much better and that's kind of reflected in the actual taste of the meat is that it's, um it, it, yeah yeah it, it was it was really easy uh, and then when we went to Croatia we went to split which was right on the coast so there was tons of fish just freshly caught fish hmm. the, the biggest dishes were just whole entire fish and we would just eat those so it, it wasn't it wasn't too difficult actually you said we so your friends are also on a carnivore diet or are you alone here oh um i i've uh, i've convinced a couple to try <laughs> and they've experienced amazing benefits but on a year trip it was only me it was just only you isn't that yeah. fun and you you say you could taste the difference uh joey between the grass-fed meat here and the grass-fed meat there um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can you can tell the difference between meat like if you order a steak here or um, a pork chop here versus in budapest i could really tell the difference yeah. I, I thought that it tasted much cleaner it, it tasted um oh i don't know it's just just a more uh more fresh just it tasted better hmm, hmm. i wonder what that's about uh, interesting yeah so uh, dumb question of the day but we'll have good questions too how, what got you a year ago into doing this? Yeah, so I uh, I'd always been very fascinated by nutrition, always super into it, trying mm. to understand what the best diet for people is. And um, I, I, I tried keto, you know, in the past, uh, got some benefits from it, but I was eating a lot of olive oil, you know, peppers, broccoli, all that stuff. And I noticed that every time I ate it, I would get some sort of reaction. You know, my skin would get super red or I would feel fatigued. Something something went on. But, you know, we're so conditioned to never believe that the vegetables could be the culprit. We're supposed to think that um, mm -hmm. vegetables are the healthiest food, you know, the, the best thing you could ever eat. And so I, I was a I was a victim of that dogma. And, you know, I, I completely took the bait, ate lots of vegetables, never imagined that they could be something that's conferring a detriment. But it wasn't until I was scrolling through TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or something and I saw Paul Saladino who's talking about how vegetables are poison. And, you know, I, I think this is crazy. Who, who is this who, guy? Who I would keep, believe I, I keep scrolling. <laughs> yeah, who would believe Right, that? exactly. <laughs> how could you possibly think that vegetables are bad for us? So, right, I, right. I mean, I don't buy it. I don't buy it, of course. But he got really popular and it oh. kept popping up. Like, I kept seeing it. Okay, and I say, well, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to this guy. Maybe he has something to say. And what he was saying was the vegetables are the parts of the plant, the roots, the tubers, the leaves, the stems the parts of the plant that are protecting the fruit and therefore there are defense mechanisms 
embedded within the vegetables to basically inflict biochemical warfare on anyone that eats them because these vegetables don't want to be eaten and they can't run away so they have all these you know um defense mechanisms ingrained with them and in the forms of oxalates lectins all the stuff that does really bad things to to your body and it all made a lot of sense at that point like maybe fruits we should have fruits because they don't have as many toxins of course they're high in sugar which is a problem and that's why i eventually stopped eating the fruit but they don't have those defense chemicals that were causing so many issues for my skin for my hmm. um energy levels for my fatigue for my like certain level of anxiety even uh which is all gone now so wow. you know i so i i i understood what he was saying and he convinced me so I cut out the vegetables and I felt incredible. Like even the jump from just eating lots of vegetables to none at all, it was it was incredible. You it was felt just, a just difference amazing. that quickly, Joey. Just going cutting oh, out the vegetables. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's, I mean, my body was just dumping so much, so many of the toxins that were in plants. I mean, they really are vegetables. Really are toxic, and uh, you know. They, they like people, they people don't like believing that how could vegetables be toxic but they really are toxic i mean it's like you know it's like telling people the moon is made of green cheese or telling the people we went there which i don't think we did but anyway that's another story but it's just hard to get your head around that idea that vegetables could be toxic but there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of juice out there to prove that right i mean yeah do you know sally kane norton do you know her yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, she was on the show. She talks about oxalates. Yeah, you could check her out on our bit shoot and watch the video we did with her. Pretty sharp gal. I mean, really well researched. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, so, uh, did you dump the fruits then at the same time as you dumped the vegetables? No, I did fruit and meat for about six months, and. Um, I felt really good on that. You Did know, you? I felt better than it ever felt in my life. Yeah. I was playing soccer. So very competitively hours every day, which may have uh, like curtailed the negative effect of the fructose to an extent, because I was just doing so much exercise that it wasn't having as big, as profound as, as an effect on me as it would have been if I was more like uh, sedentary. But, um, so yeah, so I, I was doing very, very well with the fruit. Uh, but then I just started learning more. You know, I started looking into our past, just the, the 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 history of humans and what we were eating in the Paleolithic times, and I sort of reached this conclusion that we should be eating in a way that as closely resembles the dietary habits of our ancestors as possible, because we look into nature and we see that animals eating their natural diets don't get sick. Uh, they're actually very very healthy, and they die due to um, they die of causes that we. Uh, don't die like they they don't die of cancer heart disease all that stuff mm -hmm. so i say okay maybe i'm, I'm going to try to resemble the natural human diet as best i can and as it turns out we were not eating that much fruit at all i mean it was there for a couple weeks out of the year or like a few weeks maybe and it also wasn't nearly as sweet the fruits um genetically modified by bio, uh, biologically engineered to be sweeter um have less nutrients and um, so I said, you know, I said, I don't really need the fruit. Occasionally, if it's really hot outside, I have an orange tree and I'll eat an orange, but it's really rare. And uh, it's just not an integral part of, of the way I eat anymore because I, uh, I don't think it's necessary. I think it's problematic, actually, for a lot of people. Have you looked into Paleolithic times and how do we know what really went on there, Joey? Yeah, yeah I did. I, I looked very, very deeply um, into all that. Really? So... Hmm. 
yeah so if, if you look at the collagen of bones in early humans you can basically use isotopic testing to figure out exactly what the protein we ate was derived from so whether it's plant protein or animal protein using stable nitrogen 15 14 isotope testing and when you do that you find that in every case studied humans are eating almost exclusively meat so it's it's our trophic level is very very high we're eating lots and lots and lots of meat um but then some people say well we don't have claws we don't have fangs right and there's actually a good explanation for that because for maybe five million years ago um australopithecus uh, a descendant of humans was eating fruit so we used to we evolved from frugivores uh and eventually we came down out of the trees and there was no selective pressure to lose those to just like gain fangs or gain claws because doing so would come at the expense of so many crucial human practices like if we had fangs it would impede our ability to talk to to people and communication is so important for humans if we had claws then we couldn't nurture children as well it's like all this stuff really starts to make sense why we don't have certain characteristics that say lions have we're far more advanced than that. We don't lunge at our animals. We can strategically, we strategically would kill them, stab them, and w with tools, and you know th that that's what we did. And we know that we we weren't major plant eaters because to obtain an adequate amount of energy from plants, we would have had to be searching for plants all day. I mean, if you've ever been in like a forest or a natural setting, mm -hmm. the amount of plant material that's edible is abysmally low like there's almost nothing you can eat and if you do eat it then you die so it makes sense that we would have hunted down these big mammoths and eaten the meat and fat and um you know all this stuff just really makes sense every bioavailable nutrient uh is in meat so you know vitamin d vitamin all, the, all those fat soluble vitamins uh d k2 vitamin a and then certain essential amino acids you have things like choline selenium uh all this stuff right uh dha like everything is more bioavailable in meat we can absorb the nutrients from meat better than from plants and the fact that humans do so well when we go on carnivore diets i mean we've seen the success it really just um re-emphasizes this idea that we are naturally carnivores that this is our natural diet and uh, you know we thrive on it well done. Well said. Dad, talk a little bit about this isotope testing. I don't know much about that. Um, where did you learn about that, and how does that work? Um, I I don't know too much. Okay. I just know that um, like they like they, they basically just take the collagen from bones and they and they run all these tests and and labs just to to check the the um like the certain levels of nitrogen fifteen and fourteen, which allow you to extrapolate what their diet was comprised of and it's, it's a really a it's a really effective test that that uh, vegans don't have any explanation for um yeah but there's so they 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 find these old old bones and they they can really tell what um what we ate back then yeah they, they can they, hmm. yeah they, 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 they can tell um without like a sliver of doubt that that's what we ate and when was paleolithic times we that term that's where of course the paleo diet came from that term when was that joey um i, I believe it was between two million years ago and roughly twelve thousand years ago oh. uh, twelve thousand years ago marked the start of the neolithic um, which is when uh we started uh, more agriculture and 
our brains got smaller and we went from six three to five nine yeah. and our testosterone levels and our testosterone you know our, our testosterone in the paleolithic times was 1500 per deciliter and now it's it's like half of that it, on a good day like, it, on, it's, if it's you're lucky i mean most guys yeah they're, they're way below 500 they're about 500 or 400 yeah yeah no it's 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 shocking i mean how men are how plants have plants plastics all this stuff has just demasculated men hmm. yeah i don't think there's any doubt about that the birth rate is pretty great so paleothic how did they know that in paleo times the T levels for fifteen hundred. How would they know? Um, I honestly, I don't know. I, I was I was listening to a, a podcast on testosterone because um, I was trying to understand, you know, why is our testosterone so low? This right. is unbelievable. Um, and and the focus of the podcast was on on microplastics and stuff, okay. like in which are estrogen, estrogenic and leak yeah. into your bloodstream and all this stuff. But this expert says we used to have testosterone levels of fifteen hundred, and that's that's just that's just incredible like to, to, to think that we've fallen so far is kind of hard to fathom yeah yeah i did mine t- took my t levels uh, i guess about a year ago i don't know something about 900 and they actually came uh, back on, on the thing and it says you're too high but uh, <laughs> and, but then even a listener said well you know you can get higher than that so so yeah maybe now with me uh, getting um you know on carnival we'll see where it goes i'll have a test in about six months and see so i guess the just the nutrients or you do you think it's the 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 prana or the chi in the meat that raises or maybe it's also not um not eating estrogenic foods yeah that's probably it too right just getting off the estrogenic foods yeah uh it's a lot of reasons why um plant plant-based diets like lower testosterone um like so you have nutrients that are like anti-nutrients that are in plants that Mm -hmm. have been proven to essentially lower testosterone and we've actually tested the testosterone of vegans versus omnivores and what you find is like a somewhat often vegans have lower testosterone than omnivores but this is really significant because the vegans are also the ones who do all these other healthy living practices like they don't drink as much alcohol which lowers testosterone they get more sunlight which increases testosterone they're around their families more often they're better financially like the vegans the fact that they still have lower testosterone despite doing all of that all these positive things um in their life is just kind of amazing and then we also know that there's stuff in meat that just drastically uh improves testosterone you know you have things like um cholesterol which is the precursor to uh testosterone Testosterone. you know we need yeah we need we need cholesterol to synthesize um you know all the sex hormones um and there's also evidence that low fat diets actually lower testosterone Mm -hmm. so there was this like there was a study where um they like took people on a high fat diet 40% and then put them transfer them to a low fat diet 20% fat and their their testosterone decreased like 10 to 15% um and then also statins lower testosterone so like statins are cholesterol lowering medication so that lowers testosterone DHA increases testosterone it's only found in animal foods conjugated linoleic acid uh trans fat found in meat increases testosterone vitamin d which is found in animal fat and as you said in the beginning the fat is so important you went to the market you bought beef suet that's (laughs) that's amazing vitamin d so great for testosterone and they've done studies where they take eggs even like they'll add in eggs and they see testosterone increase zinc 
increases testosterone. There's a study that takes organ meats and found that people who consume organ meats have 53% higher testosterone than those who don't. Wow. And like, it's just, it's just like eating meat raises testosterone for sure and plants lower it and also in an ancestral context i mean this makes so much sense the men go out they hunt they take down an animal and you eat the animal and your testosterone raises because you're um you're like more uh you're in a better position to reproduce so testosterone is is correlated with sperm counts so if you have a higher testosterone you're more capable of reproducing and it makes sense that nature would want you to reproduce in times of prevalence rather than scarcity so if you're on a vegan diet a lot of times you're going to be infertile because you're essentially starving yourself of essential nutrients and your body doesn't want you to reproduce and put a child into the world who's going to starve also they want you to be healthy when you can reproduce like this stuff all starts to make sense, when, make you sense. Push, when, you when you put it all together yeah you really thought about this stuff huh it's like uh, this is a uh, uh, really uh, interesting to you obviously just by hearing you yeah it's uh it's fascinating to me and it's um it's it's equally as fascinating that nobody gets it and that our <laughs> dietary guidelines completely fly in the face of basic common sense um it's it's kind of it's kind of shocking but yeah i uh i started learning about this i I fell in love with it and then after learning about carnivore um i became a nonconformist. you know in so many other ways like you say um you, you talked about how maybe the the moon landing didn't happen or certain other things that like maybe right. that are just like you have to, you need to be skeptical and i just i just became a natural skeptic since then because i i just you know chances are that if they're telling us something it's it's very likely wrong i mean it's probably more likely that it's probably more likely that everything that they say is wrong like you're probably better off doing the exact opposite of what they say (laughs) i think you're on the right track dude i think so no i think so have you looked into uh uh, this whole germ theory uh we've done all quite a quite a lot of shows on that and in my opinion everything that we see with really well credentialed people the whole germ thing is just made up there's no virus. Like germs? Germs. No bacteria, oh, no okay. viruses. It's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, check it out. Okay, uh, yeah. Okay, can I can I actually ask, ask sure, you a question? Sure, as many questions you want. Um do you uh do you believe in evolution and do you believe that do you believe in the flat earth theory or do you think the earth is round? Oh, I, I know the earth is not round. I know we're not spinning around the sun. I know it the, the uh, I, I know we're motionless. So I don't know exactly what the shape is, but I believe it goes on much, much, much further over the ice wall and everything around Antarctica. So I don't think we have any idea of how expansive Earth is. Uh, Mm. Evolution thing, you know, I'm not real sure how we got here. I know that I am a spiritual being. I'm a soul in this body. I know that I popped in this, but I believe in reincarnation and have, have we had a, I've had a lot of lifetimes. I've remembered some of them. But I, I was going to ask you because I don't know how the human body uh, came into being because they're, they're separate from the apes, right? Mm. Humans are, is that, yeah. is that right, your understanding? That we were separate from the apes? Like that whole ape thing in the humans never doesn't hunt, does it? Because there's that missing link they talk about yeah honestly i I don't know either i mean 
there's mm-hmm. never been anything any observed examples of macro evolution so there's micro evolution which is basically natural selection so we adopt some traits and we lose others um which is which happens it's observed to happen but macro evolution where we're evolving from one animal to another thing basically just complete drastic changes right. i don't think i don't think we have proven examples of that and i also don't think i also believe that there's probably a god or some greater force sure. just simply because just simply because um the probability that a biological organism can be made just by coincidence like all the essential amino acids would string up string together and form a cell which would then reproduce and then form a bunch of cells and eventually a, a biological living organism is is like impossible like it's far more likely that something that there's a creator and also another problem with the evolution theory is that they say that we evolved from fish like right. fish eventually ended thing. up on land yeah right this is not possible. I mean, it's not possible that fish start going out to land more often. Eventually, they can just go fully onto land. Like this makes no sense. How would that adaptation occur? It's like, it, it, it's just it's it's proposing macroevolution, which is completely unbased in any science whatsoever. And um, I just don't think that it's possible. And just using common sense, how could an animal live in the water and then? that same species transferred to land how would that even work it's just i i just don't really buy it i'm I'm starting to become more of a believer in god although i didn't believe for a very long time in my life oh really that so it's really it's great you're going through some great changes yeah i don't know how we got here um uh you know many people not many but there are some people uh joy that conjecture that we actually came from other realities like a even other planets. Uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, looked at uh, Zachariah Stitchin's work and the God of the New Millenniums and how uh, we got plopped down here. Who knows? Uh, I don't know if we'll ever know. Well, maybe after we leave here and go somewhere else, we'll figure it out. But I think there's a good chance, too, that there are other beings and other um, on the other side of this ice wall down there in Antarctica, you know, where they don't let us go and we could have come from that land over there too and and navigated our way here and and um, yeah who knows yeah don't know um <laughs> here's one here's an email from uh jesse would you ask your guest i'm really enjoying listening to him does he have a girlfriend and is she is she carnivore oh that's a good question <laughs> Um, so I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was dating someone for like a year before, yeah. um, call, before like we left for college. Uh-huh. And, uh, so she ended up, she's at Cornell now. So she, we, we had to break up, but basically, I mean, I, I told her, I mean, if we're, if we're going to, if we were to stay together and have kids, you need to eat meat. Like <laughs> you, you, like, we're, like we won't have, we, I won't stay with you if you refuse to eat meat because it's going to jeopardize the well being of the baby. So. <laughs> You know, like I actually take that very, very seriously. I bet, um, I bet you do. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, yeah, and, and a lot of girls that they, they only eat salads and vegetables and won't eat any animal fat. And you know, this th- this can cause defects in the child, and I, I won't, I won't, I won't be okay with that. Also, our child is being fed only meat, so you need to be okay with that too. Maybe not only meat, but definitely some, definitely animal based for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, it's. Uh, that he actually brings up a, an interesting topic because dating 
with like knowing what I know and then having this outlook on the world, especially in LA, well, it's not easy. I, because, I could imagine. I, I mean, you were in Wokeville, man. Whoa. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I, I, I do. A, I have a deeper understanding of, of reality than a lot of other people do. And, you know, I've never been very, very good at math or my um my like actual just iq isn't insane like it isn't in the 150s like a lot of people mm -hmm. actually know mm -hmm. um but i do have a very strong grasp of our reality i understand the world very very well and uh you know in consequence it's hard to uh you know uh like form really really strong relationships with people when we just disagree on so many fronts yeah. um yeah, yeah. but like I, yeah what, what was your childhood like mom and dad what did yeah, uh, my mom's a nutritionist. Interestingly enough, uh -huh. so she's she's been she's been doing that for about twenty years. It's probably sparked my interest in in food, or maybe it's a heritable thing. I don't know, but um, I've always been uh very very fast interested in uh you know nutrition since I was a baby really. Oh. Um, but I was never fed fat, which I think is unfortunate. I probably would have grown to be much taller, much stronger had they fed me um animal fat from a child. I'm as a child, I'm five ten, but I think I, I could have been. You know, a lot taller if they if they fed me properly. Um, we yeah. So my childhood was good. My parents are amazing. They've always supported me. Um, you know, we since I started learning more in the past couple of years. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I started really understanding that we're lied to about essentially everything, and we shouldn't believe anything that we're told right. from anyone because <laughs> that there's always a conflict of interest typically. Uh, and my parents just don't buy that. You know, they they. They're they're conformists. Oh, they they the, believe things, you know, whatever COVID or moon landing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Everything, mm. all, all that stuff. <laughs> if yeah, like literally everything. They, um, they were super excited to get the next shots. Like wow. I know people who are just waiting, like just just anticipating getting the next booster. And you know, it's just shocking. Uh, being in an environment like this, I really had to learn on my own because there was nobody there to uh like give credence to my uh beliefs because you know we just don't share them yeah but early on did you start um um questioning stuff i mean even how early early on grade school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've always i've always hmm. you know something that my parents told me was joey you know you've always asked so many questions about <laughs> everything you know I, I would always ask questions because nothing seemed to make sense to me like just I, I'm a really firm believer that we should trust our intuition. Like when something doesn't seem to make sense, mm -hmm. it it, sh it should be questioned. Yeah. Like, like if if um if a plant based diet is the best thing for us, yet it makes you smell that and it causes gas. Well, it's pretty easy to intuit that <laughs> it's not the healthiest way of eating for humans. Like it's just very basic intuition if something makes you feel bad if something tastes bad right. vegetables taste like crap why <laughs> would you eat them they're clearly not good for you your body's <laughs> clearly telling you something right and like if people are telling us that we evolved from fish well like just use your i mean you can use some common sense if people are saying you know just like a, a bunch of stuff i've always tried to use common sense but you know like i said being in la where if you go against the common ideology you're immediately ridiculed you're um like pushed out of the group you're excluded yeah it's like it's almost just so easy to conform but you know you you you, you can't live your life deluding yourself into believing the lies that are pushed onto us yeah good for you 
He's, you're doing great, brother. Uh, Joey Schwartz is with us. Patrick Timpone. Question or a comment? Call us or send us an email. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. So I don't get around a lot of uh, uh, um, folks of your um, lifespan here on the planet. I don't even use the word young or old because I don't even believe in aging. So that's a whole other thing. Aging's a scam too, Joey. You'll look into that someday. <laughs> no, they just made that up too. They just make it up. <laughs> it's all made up. Yeah, everything that they say, you know. When you get 40, this has to happen. Well, your testosterone's got to go down when you're 50. You hear all the, even the natural folks say that. And where do they get this stuff? You know, it's just it's just made up. It's just made up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't get around... Uh, Folks in your range, uh, so in the younger set of your, you, what are you? You're 18, 18 years in this uh, on your body so far. Um, is it like in the movies with the kids on the phones all the time, video games and stuff? Is that what your culture out there is about? A lot. Yeah. Is it? Oh my God! Yeah. Is it? Yeah. You know. Wow. Well, one thing I one thing I'm grateful for to my parents is that they never bought me an Xbox or a PS4 huh. uh, or like a PlayStation, so I never had the video games and stuff. But um, you know, it, it's it's just terrible. Like I see, I go to I go to dinner or something with friends and family, and you see at the table next to you a little baby playing games on an iPad, like really? just like a baby? like their eyes glued to the screen. Wow. Babies, it, it's just it's just just amazing how technology mm. is consuming the, the youth and um it, i think it's a well in my opinion nutrition is a driving force in depression mm. and anxiety and psychiatric issues but the phones certainly are not helping uh, yeah. they're not helping at all and then people go on their phones at night which is just terrible i mean you're 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 uh, suppressing um you know that melatonin response you're not gonna be able to sleep you're destroying your dopamine levels your testosterone levels like all all these things are contributing to essentially the, the the feminization of men this is why men today are so fat so weak so just mentally destroyed i mean i know so many weak men um you know it's just it's just terrible and uh, everyone walks around with their masks because they're so insecure like i went to, i go to ucla sometimes just like to go i go play soccer there i go to the library just to do research or you know on my computer or whatever and what you find is that there's people walking outside alone with with nobody around them with their masks on because we're so insecure as a you know as a population essentially and especially this younger group of men um and, and the phones you know for sure a, a driving factor in um a lot of the issues that we're, we're experiencing i mean people aren't creating real connections with with each other yeah. like they're these dating they're these dating apps i know a ton of guys that use tinder like go meet a girl it's not <laughs> it's, yeah it's just you know <laughs> it's crazy and as you well know the entire media i mean probably 98 percent of the media is controlled right they are all running the same oh yeah the same story you know 98 percent there's a few of us out there like you <laughs> Uh, but it's not it's not a lot and the ones that are you know they'll you know they'll gaslight you and cancel you and stuff like that but hey you know it's earth it's fun you know we might as well have some fun while we're here right uh, yeah <laughs> Tony Schwartz is here um, you stay right there brother and uh, we're going to do a little break and then we'll be back uh, with uh, 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 Joey I keep telling Tony I'm, oh you know why there's a uh, that's a really a kind of a Freudian thing there's a uh wonderful um media fellow who was one of the kind of the godfathers of media years ago when i first started 
in the 60s, and his name was Tony Schwartz. It's funny how the mind sometimes will just kind of connect up there when I saw the name Schwartz, but it's Joey, Joey, Joey Schwartz. Uh, he's on YouTube, and I'm going to, I, we have his YouTube link on our front page, but I'm going to, I'll ask him when we get back from the break to uh, tell you exactly how to find him, and, and we'll see what he's got up there. This technology I have found is really cool. You can imagine I started in, uh, well, I started broadcasting in um, 1968 in Armed Forces Radio uh, during Vietnam, um, another made-up war, and um, all the gadgets and potions and pills that people have sent me over the years, and they do that with people on the air because they... They said, well, you, maybe you talk about this. You know, I'll send you free stuff and you can tell me. Uh, a lot of stuff. And uh, very, 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 very few of it ever stuck with me. I think somebody did send me our sulfur uh, years ago, and that's one of the ones that stuck, and we still promote that to our day, to this day. One of the few supplements I take is pure sulfur. But... Um, the hydrogen machine that you see a picture of, it's very interesting technology. It's uh, one of the number one antioxidants ever, ever in the history of whatever. Hydrogen is one of the most prolific molecules in space, whatever that is, and we're learning more and more that it isn't what we've been told. <laughs> um, and it's on both sides of the periodic table of elements, hydrogen, the only so it, it's, it kind of goes both ways. It's kind of a trans, <laughs> it's kind of a trans mineral or a trans molecule. So it's a pretty fascinating uh, molecule, uh, uh, part of, of course, H2O and water. So hydrogen, we breathe this gas and also drink the water, and we do it every day. And I've been doing it for three years now. And I don't know exactly what it's doing for me, but I'm feeling better. I don't, you know, it's helping me to just stay the same age I am, or not age, I don't even use the term, say the same I am, I'm not going anywhere, my body's not changing, um, except for the better, uh, stronger. So uh, check it out, uh, this is Dr. Patrick Flanagan on hydrogen. This conversation goes back seven years with Dr. Patrick Flanagan, listen. And then I discovered uh, that Hunza water also contained negative ionized hydrogen, which is a source of biological electrons. When we're young, we have enzymes in our body called dehydrogenase, and the purpose of dehydrogenase is to lift off hydrogen ions from foods we eat, and, and their purpose is to create NADH, which is a chemical that acts as a shuttle in the mitochondria for producing uh, all the energy in our body, adenosine triphosphate. And when people take this, it, it causes DNA repair. It heals the body from uh, all kinds of oxygen-free radicals. It also helps the body recover from damage from radiation. Well, we certainly want some of this stuff, right? Check out our AquaCure machine. AquaCure machine on oneradionetwork.com. Lifetime warranty. And along with a lifetime warranty, a one-year, no-questions-asked, money-back guarantee, if you don't like your results, breathe the gas, bubble the water, listen to what Dr. Flanagan has to say about this and others. 
the AquaCure machine on OneRadioNetwork.com. Use promo code OneRadio, 10% oh, discount. Uh, well, uh, let's change that talk show host guy. 20% discount, 20% discount, promo code OneRadio. And uh, keep in mind that one year, no questions asked, money back guarantee. I mean, when's the last time somebody said that? You can use this for a year, and if you don't like it, uh, send it back. And then a lifetime warranty. So that'll give you just a kind of a, mm, an inclination into the uh, George Wiseman, a good friend of mine who makes these machines. And, uh, you know, George will tell you and will tell you, you can go online and find hydrogen machines for maybe half the money as this. You can. Now, I, I just can't speak to them. I don't know the quality. I don't know the purity. I don't know the strength that comes out. I can tell you that George knows more about hydrogen than anybody that I know of on this earth plane. So, um, and also he has safety features that I don't think any of the other ones do, where if they get low or too high, they'll turn off and give you a little alarm. And it's very, it's very important because hydrogen is an incredibly powerful molecule. Uh, I think that hydrogen technology is gonna be some of the new technology coming out after they get over this Green New Deal and find out that that's not gonna work. <laughs> um, so uh, check it out. I think it's a it's a, a really a, a a wonderful investment for you. Um, Shaga and Rishi are adaptin, adaptogen mushrooms that uh, you could take every day. Uh, it's one of the few things that we're talking about the forest that you can actually eat if you know what you're doing. Shaga and Rishi mushrooms. Daniel Vitalis has a great uh, product of Shaga and Rishi. They're made from fruited bodies and um, it's, it's, it's on sale right now and it's called Adapt 20 and uh, let's see if I can find the commercial. I had it here and then I almost lost it. But it's on sale right now, 20% off. One of the very first things I do in the morning is come sit at my meditation chair and that's when I take my dual extracted mushrooms from Sir Thrival, the Chaga and the Reishi. Both of these mushrooms are immunomodulators. If you had too strong of an immune system, like autoimmunity, it'll help to downregulate and calm the immune system. If you have too weak of an immune system, like an immunodeficiency, they help to upregulate or strengthen your immune system. So whatever you're dealing with, they help to bring your immune system to balance. In addition to being immunomodulators and adaptogens, Chaga is probably best known for its extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant content. It scavenges the body of free radicals. And Reishi has a long history being used in conjunction with meditation and for reaching higher states of consciousness. And that's why I like to take these right before my meditation. There's a lot of medicinal mushroom supplements on the market to choose from, but most are made with cheaply produced mushrooms grown on grain and either ground up and put in capsules or extracted in non-organic alcohol. Surthrival does it differently. We use wild harvested chaga and organic certified wood-grown reishi fruit bodies, not the mycelial extract. And then we use an organic alcohol and a hot water extraction method and then recombine so you get the full benefits of these extremely high quality mushrooms. Again, we don't uh, do supplements and, and all that kind of stuff. These are real foods, um, real uh, um, mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, and they're in Myron glass, and you could take those. And, and uh, as we said, you know, it's, uh, it's an adaptogen, which means you could take them every day, probably 
for the rest of your life if you want to. And I want to make sure that that promo code is right. I had it here and then I lost it. I think it is ADAPT. Oh, it is. It's it's uh, ADAPT. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me find it and then I'll repeat it. I had it and somehow my my email thing ate it up. It'll do that. But uh, let me let me see if it's on the front page so I can tell you. I think it's ADAPT now or ADAPT. Adapt now. Adapt now. So just click on the front page, oneradionetwork.com. Adapt now. Hmm. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com. We're talking with Joey Schwartz. He's out in uh, Los Angeles going to his first day at UCLA tomorrow. That's pretty exciting. And uh, he is a carnivore guy. I've been a year, and the last six months he's been just just the meat and uh, no fruit. So, um, where do how do we find you on UBTube? How do we find you? Yeah, um, my YouTube is Carnivore Camaraderie. Um, yeah, Carnivore Camaraderie, Camaraderie, C O M A R A D E R I E, right? Can they just put your name C-A. in? C-A. C-A, right, C-A, sorry, C-A. Can you just put in Joey Schwartz? Does that pull you up on YouTube? Um, Yeah, th- that should be fine. It'll You'll probably uh, end up at one of my interviews, which then you can use to navigate to my channel. Uh-huh. So who are some of the people you've interviewed on Carnivore that have had an impact on your research and, and life? Yeah, uh, so when I started learning about carnivore i was really getting into sean baker anthony chafee barquet yeah um dr rob kilts all these guys who are just very very knowledgeable on the topic and have been doing this for a substantial amount of time you know these are all except with the exception of barquet these are all doctors who are actually implementing this into their practice so it's very very uh groundbreaking impressive stuff uh sean baker was on yesterday oh really yeah on our show yesterday Cool. And I can. Uh, did you interview these folks or just uh, study them? Um, actually, int- I uh, I'm going on Sean Baker's podcast tomorrow, which is uh should be fun. Oh, you are good for you. Uh, yeah. Doctor Kilt invited me on uh, last week. I was on his. He's a cool guy. I really like him. Yeah, he's he's really great. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Bart K? I should check him out. Bart K. Yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's fascinating. He's um a physio exercise physiologist. Ah. He's so smart. I mean, he's probably the most. He's probably with maybe Doctor Kiltz. Mm. Him and Doctor Kiltz are like are the most knowledgeable in actual physiology, biochemistry that can underpin a carnivore diet. Ah. I mean, I'm still learning all this stuff, but, sure. but but they both know. They both can explain it just so well. Oh, is it K A Y, Joey? K A Y. Yes. Yeah. And I could just. Google him up and probably find him. Bart K. Yes, yeah, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I find it the most. You know, you can imagine I've been playing around with food and diet and stuff for you know 40 years, just doing these talk shows. But one thing I noticed, and I wanted to ask you about, if you, and you must have, if you experience the fruit. I've never been that sensitive about what I eat as I am today. Today. Mm. You know what I mean? I could 
I can eat a couple berries and feel it. Two berries. Not that it's yeah. bad or good, but you can feel the sugar. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're filling your body with less, less toxins, so you, you have these defense mechanisms that are built up when you eat all these vegetables, which is why, you know, my mom, someone who eats salads every day, uh, can eat a salad and won't feel it the same way I would. If I were to eat a salad, I would probably feel like hell. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it just has to do with exposure. And when you take away that that exposure, then you're more susceptible to experiencing, experiencing the negative effects of it. A lot of the uh, um, uh, oxalate plant poison folks speak about detoxing oxalates and other chemicals when you get off them. I didn't experience that, and it's what's been a hundred days. Did you? Um, the, I don't. I don't think. So. No, no. I might have experienced oxalate dumping. It's possible because I was eating a lot of broccoli and kale and yeah. spinach and just high oxalate foods. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Um, I'm not really sure how I would be able to know if I was oxalate dumping. I mean, I felt amazing once I cut out vegetables. So I don't know, like exactly what was going on there. But um, yeah, I, I just felt incredible. Uh, uh, Joey, oh, another Joey. Joey wants to know how uh, how has this diet affected your athletic performance? You said you played soccer. Yeah. So when I first went keto uh, while playing soccer, it actually destroyed me. Like I couldn't breathe. I was running on the field. Really? Um, it, it was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. And then I went meat and fruit for a part of my soccer season. And I played incredibly. I mean, I, w I was playing so well. I had so much energy. Hmm. Um it, it was amazing and then i went carnivore and when i say like my performance excelled it got to i was at playing at such a high level i was playing like my coach said joey I, i've never seen someone improve as fast as you have like i i improved so much with strict carnivore i could run all the time and i wouldn't get tired wow. like it, it's kind of it's it's kind of it, it was really really amazing i mean a lot of people have issues with keto adaptation. They say, oh, you know, it takes a few months for you to get adapted. But when I went straight to carnivore, um, I started playing unbelievably well. And like, I, I, if I wanted to get really, really big and strong, I could do that like very, very easily because I can work out a couple times a day and put on a you know, fair amount of muscle. muscle. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to get very, very big, but it's just whatever, whatever goals you have, if you want to be super lean, uh, if you want to, you know, bulk up, it's all very, very doable with carnivore. It's, um, it's just a, a shortcut to reaching whatever goals you have, whether what even if the goals are completely unrelated to body composition it's just ideal for basically everything i agree i agree i uh, i'm a screenwriter it's my second uh career and i've in all the years i've been at it all many years um more clarity more focus more ability to stay with it for longer without yeah. doing carbs and that it's quite exceptional i mean it's just it's provocative you know what 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 i'm feeling yeah. yeah it's like whoa and i and we had a uh weedeman you know dr weedeman weedeman we had her on the show carnivore coach oh yeah she's cool and yeah. she said well i had mentioned this to her joey i said i really feel good you know she said well you just wait only 100 days you would wait a year from now or two years from now or three years from now and how 
much energy and chi and you're going to have. And I go, well, that's pretty ex- exciting to think about. And you, you young whippersnapper, you'll just, you know, you, you'll be a force to reckon with. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. No, I think you will. I think you're going to find a, a easy to get, get through school too with, uh, with the clarity that you have, right? Well, that, that's that's if I choose to graduate. I mean, I'm already anticipating <laughs> You're already graduating. Anticipating, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's really just it's really just I'm going for like personal family issues and like financial things so that I, I wouldn't be financially supported if I were to not go to college. So I need ah. to build a little bit of a. I need to build a little bit of a like. I, I need what I'm doing now to grow a little bit more. Yeah. So it's a dependable source of income, and I can do consultations and all that sort of stuff. And then I'm I'm leaving because uh, like the way I look at it, if I if I need to use my degree, I'll feel that I that I failed. <laughs> you know, like if if I if, if I I'm working a job like a, a sales job or for some company or whatever, you know, I'll feel like I'm a failure. So I I don't want to have that option. I don't I don't need something to fall back on. I'd rather just. I mean, we only live once. I should just, you know, do what I love. And uh, well, if not, I if I were a betting man, I, I don't th- I don't see you not being your own boss and an entrepreneur. Uh, once you really get it, you know how life works. It's pretty difficult to go to work for somebody else. I mean, a lot of people have to. I'm not criticizing it, but you do everything you can to, you know, call your own shots. You know. Yeah. Uh, this is from Barbara. So what is your guest, I'm really enjoying him by the way, thank you, I am too. What does your guest think that sugar really does? I mean, how could fruit be bad for us? Hmm. Yeah, um, so what, what fruit does is, it's, okay, so in nature, animals uh, eat fruit for the purpose of getting fat. So in a natural context, think about when fruit becomes ripe. So fruit becomes ripe, in the warmer months that precede the colder months. So it's essentially a perfect mechanism to put on body fat for winter. And this is why you see bears eating thousands of berries uh, when they're, you know, gonna hibernate. Mm. It's it's the same thing. It's the same thing for humans in a natural context. When the fruit becomes ripe, it's our body signaling that we should get fat. And the problem now is that the fruits have been genetically modified to be available year round. So it's like and our physiology is completely not accustomed to this surplus in fructose. It's 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 so novel to us. Um, and also, like, fructose metabolism um, requires sun. So we need the sun to deplete the deuterium that is in the fruit. It it's, it's, makes no sense ever to eat fruit when it's cold outside when there's no sun. It makes no sense at all. Um, and it would, ne- would never have happened in nature because the fruits wouldn't be ripe. I mean, we've, we've evolved under... Uh, we've evolved in a, in an ice age, you know, like we're not used to eating fruits year round. Uh, so fruits also have tons of sugar in them. I mean, sugar is the real issue. People can say, well, you know, the, 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 the uh, sugar in fruit is different than the sugar in soda. It's not true. It's fructose. It's, it's, it's the same exact sugar. The only difference is that there's fiber in the fruit and um, there's certain nutrients in the fruit, uh, minerals, but the, the sugar is the same. It's still going to the liver and it's still making you fat. That, that's the purpose of fruit. And unless you're hmm. super active or you have a certain genetic makeup that favors um, you know, the, the consumption of fructose, it's going to screw you over uh, one way or another. And you know, fructose causes advanced glycation end products uh, to a greater degree than glucose does. So what advanced glycation end products are, are 
it's essentially your, your organs and all your tissues in your body being fried by a high blood sugar. When you have a high blood sugar, your body wants to remove that sugar as fast as it can. Um, and you know, when your blood sugar is high, it just manifests as all these negative things. Your, your glycocalyx, which outlines all the blood vessels, um, just being essentially cooked. Like fr fruit is not fruit is not, in my opinion, a health food at all. Especially the fruit that we have today. It's a it's a food that we would eat to get fat, and um, you know, meat is a uh, is is the the food that we eat um, you know year round all the time. The best thing for us. So the sugar really is the issue with putting on weight, right? That's my understanding. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. It, you know, like it, it's it's almost it's almost impossible to get fat with carnivore. <laughs> I mean, you can bulk up if you want, and and you could do it if you eat lots if you of lift weights. Fat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely doable. Um, but it's it's pretty much impossible to get like overweight with carnivore. It's it's like you. It, you you can't do it your body the, the mechanisms for putting on body fat in the human body has to, it like revolves around sugar uh sugar is how you put on body fat um i i've never heard a, a, like a story of someone who goes carnivore and gets fat although you do see vegans either you know sometimes sometimes they get really fat or sometimes they just get extremely emaciated i mean th this stuff just does not happen in our in our space yeah uh dr kilt said when we had him on the show that we should really be called uh, fativores more than carnivores. Uh, how about you and fat? How do you get the fat that you need in your diet? Yeah, I uh, I eat fatty ground beef. So, and I also have a big bucket of tallow, like a five-pound bucket of tallow, and I'll just like take spoonfuls sometimes. <laughs> <Do you> really? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've no fear of fat, you know, whatsoever. I, I love fat. And I just trust my signals. So if I'm mm -hmm. craving fat, I eat it. If I'm not, I won't eat it. Uh, it's a cool thing about carnivore. You don't need to really measure. You just trust your body because um, it works well when not under the influence of carbohydrates that destroy your hunger signals, you know, your, your leptin and ghrelin. So I'm curious. Um, so I take it you just eat when you're hungry, not on a schedule, mm -hmm. right? And how yeah. often does that show up for you being active and at your your uh, lifetime so far um it, it's between one and three times a day mm -hmm. it, it just varies uh there, there are days where i just i'm not hungry and i won't eat you know there's no point eating if i'm not hungry or um there's been times where like i have a little bit of a sickness and i, I won't eat mm -hmm. um you know just like any animal in nature they don't eat when they're when they're sick huh. um so yeah it really just depends uh, i usually just tell people um eat when you're hungry and eat till you're full eat as much meat as you could possibly want and uh you know you'll you'll, you'll be fine butter eggs cheese any of those uh i cook with butter mm -hmm. uh, if i cook and as for cheese as for dairy i only do raw dairy. raw dairy so i found that i found that a lot of people um they experience issues with milk because the milk is pasteurized. And what the pasteurization process does is it removes this lactase enzyme, which is required to break down lactose. So when there's no lactase, a lot of people um, experience the negative effects of lactose intolerance. So, uh, you know, if you drink raw milk, I don't think anyone, like there are very, very few people who would react to it. And there's this idea that the majority of people are lactose intolerant. If you drink raw milk, I'm, I don't think uh, people would, would react typically. I, I do great with raw milk. So much has been said over the years, Joey, about this idea of leaky gut, right? Leaky gut. And uh, 
the more I think about it and talk to people doing carnivore, I think that it appears that all of the carbs and the grains and the fruit um, and the sugar has caused this permeation in the gut. That's what it feels yeah. like. It feels like. Um, Organ meats. What about you and organ meats? A lot of the, like Saladino and some of the other guys are pretty big on it. We had Chafee on. He's not in organ meats at all. Um, I think uh, Kiltz is a little bit, so there's a lot of variance in their ideas. Do you go out of your way to eat liver or heart or kidneys or any of that stuff? Yeah, so you know, people like Chafee and Barquet, uh, what they say is that if you're going to eat organ meats, do it in the percentage that would be in the animal. So. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm just going to throw out a number out there. If, if there's, for every 50 pounds of muscle meat, there's one pound of organs. That's the ratio that you would consume it in. And in my opinion, just from like what I've seen from my own tests, I think um, eating a higher ratio of organ meats to muscle meat, like looking at in like relative to the actual percentage that's in the animal is probably best. So if there's one pound of organs for every 50 pounds of muscle, it might be best to eat three pounds of organs for every uh, 50 pounds of muscle, just because the organs are the parts of the animal that we would have gone for immediately. And if you look at the Maasai, if you look at the Inuit, uh, the Hadza, um, even lions in nature, I mean, they go for the organs first hmm. because they're the most nutrient dense and they go for the fat and they go for the parts that, uh, you know, they, they, like they need and oftentimes they'll leave the protein the the, the carcass for uh for other animals um so like the scavengers to to go and, and clean up they won't even finish all the the protein because th- they know that the fat and the organs are what they really really want so i do incorporate organs i i have brains i have heart hmm. adrenal glands i have liver i have oh. tongue um wow. what do i've you even had testicles I've testicles had yeah. testicles yeah. before where did you yeah. where do you get all yours where do you get them I have a, I have this um, butcher that I go to that's pretty close to my house. Um, grass-fed meat, and uh, you know it's a good butcher. Yeah, yeah. I bought some pig testicles. They're still in my freezer, so I haven't gone into those yet. But that'll do it. Um, so, are you uh, fairly dogmatic about the grass-fed, grass-finished, with no um, no antibiotics in the cows and stuff? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think we need to be eating healthy animals. And if the animal is fed grains, it can't be healthy. Uh, you know, people have different financial situations. I totally understand that eating grain fed beef is always going to be better than eating vegetables. Right. Right. Um, but, but there's actually a lot of reasons why grain fed beef shouldn't be eaten when the grass fed is available. Uh, you know, the, the, the cost is a big factor to people, you know, you're going to spend a lot more money, maybe, 30, 40% more money eating grass-fed, grass-finished than grain-fed. Um, but I think that, that that extra money you spend will end up paying off in the end. Like, I think you'll end up living longer. I think your risk of disease is far lower. Quality of life will be better. Uh, and all of this has to do with a concept called deuterium. I don't know if you... Have, a little bit. I don't know too much about it. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So, so, so uh, deuterium is... A state is an isotope of hydrogen so an isotope is just uh it's a form of the element just with a different number of neutrons so deuterium has an extra neutron um so it's a bit heavier 
And what happened is uh, 100,000 years ago, the deuterium parts per million of hydrogen was about 120. So there was 120 deuterium per million hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And now it's about 155 just due to changes in the environment and, and the way we eat. Uh, even seed oils have a deuterium level of like 250. So it's an environmental like, thing. It's an environmental thing. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, 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 yeah. So, so deuterium is super high in processed foods. It's high in our water. It's about 150 parts per million in water. Uh, and it's just a, and I, I happen to believe that deuterium is a major factor in, um, you know, a lot of disease today, hmm. because the problem is when we eat high deuterium, um, foods, then the process because remember deuterium is just an isotope of hydrogen so hydrogen powers these nanomotors that spin nine thousand times per second in our cells and when deuterium replaces the hydrogen for these essential processes it's heavier so those nanometers spin slower we have less energy hmm. uh our atp synthase is just reduced drastically so we, we really need to um eat low low deuterium and a carnivore diet grass-fed grass-finished beef can be like a dude deuterium level of about 110 115 um which is exactly in range where it would have been a hundred thousand years ago before all these environmental pollutants and things like that but grains are super high deuterium which is why grain-fed beef is high deuterium as well oh. so hmm. yeah so i i think in just knowing what i know about deuterium having learned a lot about it i really believe that uh eating an unhealthy animal that's high deuterium is going to cause a lot of problems uh for people i wonder why in the, they, in the long run i wonder why the cows don't pick it up and pass it on in the meat the grass-fed cows what do you mean in other words why wouldn't the grass-fed cows pick up the deuterium too like in the air and everything if this is just an environmental thing oh oh because grass is low deuterium oh so grass green is low leaves deuterium. are also oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Green, green leaves are low deuterium. Grains are super high deuterium. And that high deuterium in the grains is uh, transferred to their fat and like the, the, the muscle of the animal. So, um, yeah, gr mm. green leaves are, are low deuterium. Mm. We've done, years ago, we used to do shows on, uh, what is it, um, uh, wheatgrass and things like that. Or, um, and, you know, we were told, and I believe it's true, that grass, grass the cows eat, is one of the the number one plant that extracts minerals from the soil. Isn't that interesting? So that's why yeah. the cows can get so big, just eating grass and <laughs> buffalo, horses, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 well the cows, um, they're able to like ferment the grass and then use it as fat, so convert it to short chain fatty acids. And of course, we're uh, we've evolved as essentially hyper carnivores so we don't have that ability to turn grass turn turn fiber into energy like the cows can which is why i mean like you look at a cow how can it get so fat eating the grass because right. it ferments the fiber uses it to convert to fat it ferments the fiber i see yeah hmm. Hmm. and i think it's pretty well established that for the most part cows can't even digest grains i think they just put it right to the meat don't they um, you know what I'm saying? I don't think I they don't digest know, them as well. Yeah, I don't know for sure. There was a video we saw years ago, Joey, that there was this fellow, I think it was University of Texas Agriculture Department, and somehow this animal got damaged in the stomach, and he wanted to use it as an, as a, as an experiment, and he actually would be able to see 
inside the cow, and the, he said they didn't even uh, digest corn. They just it, mm. it, they didn't even digest it, which kind of makes sense, you know. I guess. Um, good morning. Does Joey uh, mix tea, coffee? Does he drink only water? Emailer wants to know. Um, yeah, no, no coffee, no tea. I, I drink water um, from glass bottles, uh, no, no plastics, yeah. yeah. Um, this is from Vince. Are mushrooms, fresh mushrooms, still good to eat with the carnivore diet? Mushrooms are sometimes served with steak, and I still think root vegetables are powerful if they are juiced, the fiber is taken out when juiced. From Vince. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are some people who believe that um, raw vegetable juices are actually beneficial. Because um, the fiber is taken out. To be honest, because the fiber is taken out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually don't know. I would never do it myself, just because it, it doesn't seem like an ancestrally appropriate thing to do. Um, but if I if I were to learn more and be convinced, you know, I'm I'm definitely open to the possibility. Uh, I just don't I know that fiber is bad. So if the juice is, um, you know, of course, no fiber, you know, it's it's possible. No. S- speaking of fiber, uh, and we'll end with this because uh, we're going to do another show. Uh, we're going to need to talk about elimination and pooping. So what changed for you when you went from regular food to um? Uh, a carnivore with fruit. How did it, your elimination change, frequency and all of that? Yeah, I can. I poop like three times a week now versus two times a day. So it's uh, drastic changes. Because uh, essentially your body does uses the nutrients. It doesn't excrete the waste. What you're eating is actually pure nutrition. So your body holds on to as much as it, it can. Um, it's amazing. Three times a week. Yeah, I'm doing four or five times a week is about all, and you skip a day. But back in the day, if I was eating all of this, uh, these carbs and, and fruit and, and uh, pasta and whatever, if I didn't poop uh, two or three times a day, I felt terrible. Now you don't even know, and I don't even think about it anymore. You know, when it wants to come out, I just just comes out, and then okay, pretty interesting, is it? You can just let that that whole thing go of how much you're pooping. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, three times a week. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, brother, you're doing great. Um, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to encourage you, and I'm gonna, I'll send you a few videos on this whole germ theory thing. And since you're so yeah. open, I'd love to get you on board with that because you'd be, a, I think, a big support in your, uh, you know, in your culture to help people to understand that these germs don't exist. And this whole yeah. whole medical model is built on fear, pretty much. You know, viruses, bacteria, vaccines, everything. You gotta get a vaccine to, so you don't catch, you know, catch it. So I'm, I'll send you a few videos. Would you like me to do that? I'll send them to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. cool. All right, uh, Joey, uh, thanks for being on the show. We can uh, check you out, find you at Carnivore, uh, what's the, how do you say it? Camor, com, com, camaraderie. Camaraderie. Carnivore yeah. camar, camaraderie. Uh, a social media influencer, podcaster, YouTuber, Joey Schwartz. Joey, have a good day. Have fun at, uh, at the university. Come back and see us sometime after you've been in school for about six months and seeing how many 
girls you attract with your high T levels. You know, they'll be just swarming around you like bees. Well, Joey, thanks mm-hmm. a lot. We'll see you. Good job. Thanks. Well done. Okay. Well done. What? Well done. Nice young fellow, huh? Smart too. I tell you what. Well, um, what we're going to do is just take a little break here, just maybe five minutes or so, and then come back and then talk some more, have some more fun. So stay right there. Uh, if you're on uh, online, stay right there. Don't go away. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com if you want to email. And we're going to talk some more. And uh, you can join the show by calling Patrick at one, uh, I'm sorry, 888-663-6386. Stay right there now. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.